What a glorious truth that is that Jesus saves. And we've had the opportunity to sing that to the Lord, worshiping and praising him. And now a number of individuals are coming forward to demonstrate with their life that they are acknowledging that Jesus has saved them. So this morning we have a family of brothers that are coming to be baptized. The Gunning brothers are coming and we get to experience their baptism together. And this is Luke Gunning. Hi, my name is Lucas Gunning. My entire life I grew up in a Christian family attending church on a regular basis. When I was two years old, I went to my grandma's house and I learned John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. At the age of four, I asked Jesus into my heart after talking with my parents and wanting to have him as my savior. I am getting baptized today. I want to tell, because I want to tell everyone that I believe in him and now my life has changed. And Luke, do you reaffirm for us that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And today, do you choose to renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ alone? Yes. Well, because of that testimony of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in his death, raised with him to new life. And this is Thomas Gunning. Hi, my name is Thomas Gunning. I grew up in a Christian home surrounded by loving parents and grandparents who care about my salvation. In the spring of 2013, I was in my mom and dad's bedroom asking about what it means to have Jesus come into my heart. After talking with my parents, I prayed and asked Jesus to be my savior. Recently, one of Pastor Jim's sermons talked about baptism, and this started me thinking about getting baptized. I talked it over with my parents to understand what bapt being baptized means. This is why I'm here today. This verse that has inspired me is Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord, as I say it again, rejoice. Amen. Well, Thomas, have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you commit to renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and follow Christ alone? Yes. Amen. Well, because of that testimony, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in his death, raised with him to new life. And this is Nicholas Gunning. Hi, my name is Nick. I am in sixth grade. At a very young age, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've attended church and Sunday school regularly. I live in a Christian home. Nothing major has happened in my life, but I am here to let God know that I am willing to do whatever it takes to follow him. I am thankful for the fact that God has given me a good school and friends who are Christians. Last August, I was led to go on the 5th and 6th grade missions trip to Grand Rapids. I loved helping the people and volunteering and volunteers at the missions and shelters. I am hoping to go again this year because of how much I love doing it. 
The verses that mean a lot to me are Jeremiah 29:11 through 13. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Nicholas, do you reaffirm for all of us that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you commit to renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and follow Christ alone? Yes. Well, with that testimony of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in his death, raised with him to new life. And this is Rachel Kromke. Hi, my name is Rachel. The old children's pastor, Joel, and my parents helped me realize that I am a sinner and needed a savior. Before I was saved, I was jealous of my new baby sister because she was getting all the attention. One day, I had a terrible fight with my other sister, Hannah. During a quiet moment, I realized my heart was not right. After this realization, I accepted Christ as my Savior and asked him to straighten me out. So it was right then and there, at the age of five, that I left a sinful life of boys, drugs, and rock and roll. now as a Christian is the best life I could have because I, I know when I die I will go to heaven. <laughs> I have two sisters and a mother and father who love me. I am being baptized because I, I want to obey the command that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave me. I saw many people get baptized and I would say I want to get baptized too but the feeling just left me shortly after I went home. But it was, but as time went on, the feeling didn't leave. After a while, I asked the Lord that if he wanted me to get baptized, that he would give me a sign. That sign came during my family's daily scripture reading after dinner. We were in the book of Acts, chapter 8, where Philip baptizes the Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian says, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me getting baptized? I knew then that that was the Lord speaking to me. A Bible verse that helps me every day is Psalm 23, verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thank you. Well, Rachel, do you reaffirm for all of us that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you commit to renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and follow Christ alone? Yes. 
but with that testimony of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death, raised with him to new life. And this is Angie Warner. Good morning. Um, ten years ago, I began attending Calvary Church and shortly after became a Christian by declaring my belief in Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Over the years, my faith grew, but I still struggled with baptism. Each time I would feel God pushing me to be baptized, I would come up with a reason why it was not the right time for me. And yet, I knew that someday God would give me the courage to do this. About two years ago, I began a period of trials in my life. I was facing a very big decision to either endure it or make a change to step out of it. I did not want to make the change because I couldn't see what my future would look like if I made the change, and that frightened me. It wasn't what I had planned for my life, but nothing I had tried to make things better were working. As I prayed about the decision, the only response I heard from God was, trust me. I told God that I wanted to trust him and I wanted to be obedient but I needed to know what he wanted me to do before I could make a move. Again, trust me was the only response. As time went on, the more confused I became. I was so afraid of making the wrong decision. I was frozen in fear, and it was affecting more and more areas of my life. But I kept trying anything to make the situation better, so I didn't have to make the decision that I didn't want to make. Then last summer, I shared with someone that I serve with at church, my struggles with the decision I had to make. She shared her story with me, and I was amazed at how similar our stories were. I could see how God had placed her in my life at that moment to help me. She gave me a book called The Red Sea Rules by Robert Morgan. The book uses the story of Exodus 14 to offer 10 strategies for moving from fear to faith. As I read the book, my fear began to leave me, And I could see that God had given me the answer all along, but it just wasn't what I wanted. In the book, Red Sea Rule number six is, when unsure, just take the next logical step by faith. I could picture the Israelites fearing the impending army following them, but looking at the walls of water in front of them had to be even worse. If they stayed where they were, the army would kill them, but if they stepped into the sea, they could drown. In order to survive, they had to trust God. Right then I knew I had to take a step of trust and I asked God to give me the courage to do it and the courage to keep moving forward. I took that first step on Friday, September 22nd and I immediately felt peace. Two days later, Pastor Tom was preaching about the baptism of Jesus. I couldn't believe it when I heard the words that baptism is a chance to declare that the person has placed their trust in Jesus Christ and experienced God's forgiveness of sins. I had heard those words so many times, but didn't know how to trust him. I knew at that moment that I was ready for baptism, but I still wondered if the old excuses would creep in. They didn't this time. And a week later, I sent the email to sign up. So here I am today, standing in front of you, declaring that I am placing my trust in Jesus Christ and have experienced the forgiveness of my sins. The verse I chose to share today is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Please, plans to give you a hope and a future.
Well, Angie, do you reaffirm before all of us that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you commit each day to renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and follow Christ alone? Yes. Amen. Well, Angie, because of that testimony of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in his death, raised with him to new life. Well, this is the Gryffindor family, and Jake will begin with you. All right. I was extremely, extremely blessed to have grown up in a Christian home. My family has attended Calvary ever since I can remember. In fact, we have always sat in the same section every Sunday and listened to Pastor Jim's message. When I was younger, I always dreaded going to church. It seemed boring and got me out of bed earlier than I wanted to. Despite that, I had always believed in God and asked Jesus in my heart at a young age. I specifically remember doing our Easter egg Bible study, which we did every year, and my mom asking me if I believed that Jesus died for our sins and that God raised him from the dead. I said yes, and we prayed asking Jesus into my heart. For many years, that was the extent of my relationship. I did not spend much time in the Word or in prayer. As I got older, I started to enjoy coming to church and listening to the message, oftentimes leaving, feeling very, very convicted to get deeper in the Word and start building that personal relationship. That would not last long, and I would find myself distracted by school, sports, friends, and other worldly distractions. I'd always tell myself that I was a good person and a believer in Christ, and that should be good enough, right? In reality, I was a sinner that had looked to faith in times of hardship, but not in times of joy. I've lived a life of comfortability and convenience, mainly chasing after success in this world. That being said, God has given me numerous signs that he wanted more from me. Countless times, I dismissed these as signs as good or bad luck. Looking back, these were obvious signs that the Lord was calling me to a life closer to Him and less of this world. Something I could not dismiss was being blessed with amazing people that have a thirst for His Word. I have a sister, brother-in-law, small group, and now an amazing wife that all have an incredible love for the Lord. These people played a pivotal role in getting me in the Word and pushing me to seek a personal relationship with the Lord. Through all these signs, I have felt the Lord calling me to step out of my faith, step out of my comfort zone, and make a public statement of my love for Him. I have spent long enough ignoring and delaying the next step in my spiritual journey, Jesus Christ gave us a mission, a mission to go out and make disciples. I hope and pray that today is a big step and a start to that mission. A verse that has stuck with me is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Thank you. Jake, do you affirm for all of us that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you commit to renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and follow Christ alone? Yes. And, well, because of that testimony, my brother, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death. Raised with him to new life. And this is Paige, and she's also going to share her story. Good morning. I am 22 years old, and I have been very blessed thus far in my life. This past summer, I married my best friend of seven years. We bought an amazing house in the desired area we were looking for, and we have family and friends surrounding us to help and support us. That being said, my journey so far has not been easy. When I was nine years old, my eldest, eldest brother passed away in a motorcycle accident. It was a day that I will never forget, and that ultimately changed my family's lives forever. After my brother passed, my mother had a very hard time dealing with the loss. 
She was not always reliable or present in my life for the next few years, and I ended up helping care for my younger siblings. I was in high school, trying to control everything in my life, and nothing seemed to be going the way I wanted to or getting any better, if not worse. It was my sophomore year of high school at a basketball game where God had bigger plans for me than I could have ever imagined. It was that night that I met my husband. My life was at a crossroads, and there was going to be many more obstacles to overcome. He led me to Jacob that night, and I am eternally grateful. I say this because I was brought into a home and family surrounded by Christ. My life at this point was in darkness, and God led me to the family to bring light back into my life. I started dating Jake, and after a few short months, he'd asked me if I wanted to go to church with him and his family. I took a leap of faith, having this feeling in my heart that this is where I should be. That day is a day that I will never forget. I had already accepted Jesus into my life, but that day was when I decided to let go and give all control of my life to God. I felt this wave of peace wash over me, and I felt God's presence with me that day. Going forward, I attended church with Jake and his family. High school was a hard time for me and everything going on at home. It was hard trying to balance everything, and I don't know where I would be today if I had to go through that alone and never found Christ here again at Calvary. I looked forward to coming to church on Sunday, and my faith grew, and eventually the man who had guided me and led me back to Christ proposed to me. God is so good. I thank God every day for bringing Jake into my life. With him, I also had the amazing opportunity to meet his wonderful family that I now get to call my own. His parents have helped me tremendously and treated me as one of their own daughters from a very early part of our relationship. I thank God for blessing me with such amazing in-laws like them. I also became very close with his sister. I just have to say, she's truly an angel from heaven. I confided in her about my troubles and worries, and she gave me advice that I always gained from a godly perspective. She has helped me along my faith journey, and I am not in one, but three small groups with her today. Her husband, Logan, is also an amazing person in my life, and I can't thank God enough for the two of them and all they've done for me. God did not put me here in this town, in this church, and led me to the people I am surrounded by today by accident. My faith in Christ is stronger than ever, and I am forever grateful for what lies ahead of me. I have many verses that I feel speak to me in my story, but my favorite is 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen person, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who call you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Today I hand my worries, control, and heart to Jesus and profess my love and devotion to him forever and ever. And Paige, do you reaffirm for all of us that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you commit to renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and follow Christ alone? Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> Well, because of that testimony of faith, my sister, I have the privilege of baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in his death, raised with him to meet us. And this is Chris Gryffindorf. Good morning. A little emotional about the kids. My name is Chris Griffindorf. I have been attending Calvary Church with my husband and three children for over 20 years now. And I have seen and heard some very memorable and moving testimonies in this baptismal. My story is a little bit different. I'm going to call it my spiritual journey. I grew up in a loving Catholic home. I was very involved in my church and thought I was as close to God as I could be. It was in college, just after I had transferred to Central Michigan University, that I began to question all of that. There I met the man that would become my husband for 26 years now. I moved into a co-ed dorm and just happened to notice the very handsome man that lived across the hall. 
Not being a shy girl, I got to know him very quickly and we became friends. I had known right off the bat that I wanted to know this guy better because of all we had in common, but also because of what we didn't. You see, he read his Bible. That wasn't something that you saw every day in a college dorm. A cute guy reading his Bible in the hallway. I had to know why. I guess you'd have to say that talking about our faith and the Bible was how we fell in love. I could also tell you that it was my husband who prayed for me through my being saved and accepting Christ as my personal savior. A lot of things changed that day and that year as that is also when my personal relationship with God really began. That was an exciting time in our lives. We got married, found solid, stable jobs, moved to Grand Rapids, found a wonderful church home, joined Bible studies in small groups, found good Christian friends, had our three beautiful children, and truly enjoyed our crazy, busy life. A lot of my busy came in the form of seventh and eighth graders, as I had found great fulfillment in my job as a middle school math teacher. I loved my job, and I loved my students. I felt I was doing what God really wanted me to do, and that I was reaching a lot of children, showing them God's love. As my faith and personal relationship continued to get stronger, Satan began to notice. He didn't like that my faith was getting powerful and that I was glorifying God. So he started trying to interfere, to scare me, and to make me doubt God's love. I was hit with an illness that took me years and years to get diagnosed, and I've still not found treatment for. It's a very confusing illness that has stolen so much from me. My energy, my strength, my ability to do things that I've always loved. My confidence and outgoing personality. My emotional strength, because it takes everything I've got to go through the pain. My independence, and my ability to be in control. This illness also stole the job I loved, as I had to leave my teaching profession this past fall. I used to tell people, I used to tell people that this illness will not steal my life but that it did steal my identity. However, then as I began to take a closer look at what I really lost, I realized that it isn't all bad. As I began praying and listening to God, I realized that he was breaking me down. I wasn't the humble, trusting child of God that he wanted me to be. I needed to forget this idea that I controlled anything and put my complete trust in him. Today, I can honestly say that I don't fear trials anymore. I know that I can rest in the knowledge that he is with me in the midst of all life's storms. One of my favorite verses comes from John 16:33. In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And to that I say, praise God. Now my spiritual journey is nowhere near ended. I continue to struggle daily with pain and fatigue, so strong that some days I can't even lift my head. I have been broken, broken of my pride, my notions of self-sufficiency, my confidence and my physical strength and knowledge but I know that my God is restoring me, that he will use everything that has happened to me and will happen to me to bring blessings to myself and others, but more importantly, to glorify his name. So my purpose today is to let God know that I am here, committing my life to him. And as I'm being immersed in this water, I'm not identifying with the teacher, the mom, the person I used to be, but with my savior, Jesus Christ. Chris, thank you for that testimony. And what an amazing heritage you have left with both Jake and Paige standing behind you because of your faith and all that you have done in faithfulness. And we know God will carry you through this. Well, my sister, do you affirm again that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? I do. And do you renounce Satan 
this world and your own evil desires and commit to follow him alone. I sure do. Amen. Yes. Well, with that testimony of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death, raised with him to new life. We have another husband and wife that are coming before us, the Braxma family, and this is Peter. Good morning. I grew up in a good Christian family. I went to church twice on Sunday, attended Sunday school in the summers, and went to catechism during the school year. I attended Christian schools and was baptized as an infant. God and his word have always been with me in my life. However, all the distractions of the world started to have a strong impact on me, stronger than the rigid structure of the church and the expectations of my parents. So as I grew older, I grew further and further away from my parents and the church. I was more interested in the type of life that I was seeing on TV and the one the friends around me were living. I was, my thinking was, what will make me happy in my life right now? That pursuit of myself led me down a path of drinking, smoking, and dating the wrong woman. This was all for my enjoyment, enjoyment, not worrying about how in the process I was hurting those who truly loved me because I loved me. One Sunday morning, shortly after graduating from high school, my mom came downstairs to get me up from ch for church. I pretended to be half asleep and said, I'm not going, leave me alone. She fought back a little but saw that I wasn't going to budge and left me. So soon as I was sure everyone was out of the house, I sprung from my bed and started packing everything I could. I loaded up the beater car that I had gotten from my girlfriend's parents and drove out of my family's lives and away from their church. Finally, I was free, free to do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, without the guilt of their disdainful looks. Freedom was short-lived. <clears throat> the second the door shut on the apartment I was now sharing with my girlfriend, I felt trapped, trapped in my own sin and in my own stubbornness to admit the mistake that I had made, and, go, and to go running back like the prodigal son that I was. As I laid my head down on the pillow that first night, my heart felt sick. The relationship I was in was toxic from the start and only got worse. In the second year, it was on complete life support, and no matter what I tried to do, only made it worse. Finally, it came to an end. I had been letting one of my friends stay with us while he tried to get his life straightened out, and one night when I came home from working second shift, I found them passed out together. I called the cops so I didn't kill him and finally called my dad to come pick me up and take me home. That was the start of leaving that life, but there were still some aspects I wasn't ready to leave. <clears throat> Drinking had become a big part of my life and with all the chaos and anxiety of that relationship having gone askew, I was quick, it was a quick and easy way to forget about all the pain I was feeling and creating in my life. It was, easier, it was an easier way to relate to the people around me and gain their acceptance. Luckily, God wasn't ready to let me continue down that path. So on midnight of my 21st birthday, I was pulled over, handcuffed, and thrown in jail. Again, another call to Dad to come pick me up and take me home. Seeing I needed a fresh start, I packed my, my bags again, this time with the help of my parents, 
and moved to Michigan for school. I attended church with my sisters and began to hang out with church people. Still, there was that same empty feeling in my soul that I had had back in Wisconsin. I continued to fall into the same sins. And finally, God spoke with me during one of those low points and told me I needed to focus on him and not myself to fill that void. I started to attend meetings with the pastor of my church and began studying the Bible and going over the many questions I had about God and my life. At one point in our meetings, he said to me, Peter, you know... Peter, you know your salvation is already confirmed today through Jesus. I had never heard that before. I always thought that if, if you sinned and continued in your sins, that you had lost that salvation or maybe never had it. From that point on in my life, I started to make the effort to focus on God's will and what he wanted me to do and not what I wanted for myself. What man intended for evil, God has used for good. So today is just another step in my life, renewed because God loved me before I'd served it. He has wiped the mud from my eyes so I can see clearly where real happiness and peace lies. Philippians 3, 12 through 13. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Thank you. Well, Peter, have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ alone? Yes. Yeah. Well, because of that testimony of faith, my brother, I now have the privilege of baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death, raised with him to new life. And this is Gianna Braxma. I grew up in a Christian home with parents that brought my siblings and I to church twice a Sunday, as well as for the Wednesday night activities. There were always, they were always great parents that worked really hard to teach us about God, as well as instill good morals and work ethics in us. I accepted Jesus into my heart at Grace Youth Camp when I was nine or 10. As I grew up and became involved in sports at Byron Center Public Schools, my church and youth group attendance didn't change, but I can't say that I was on fire for God or I was being a good disciple for God. As I went away to college, it quickly became evident to me that I had lived a sheltered life. Almost immediately, I started to attend parties with my friends to fit in. When this happened, my church attendance quickly died away. I met someone during the summer of my sophomore year we began to date and were soon engaged. As a couple, we both felt that church was important, but attended when it was convenient to us. Our engagement ended about two months before we had planned to get married. And I did not understand at that time that God was at work, but rather was very angry. My anger turned into me listening to those around me, 
the world, that I needed to do things for me, and that is just what I did. I dug into my work as a school teacher and spent countless hours coaching, mentoring, and working with kids. Although it doesn't sound bad because I was giving all this time to kids, I was not giving any to the Lord. I continued to listen to the world even though I went back to attending church with my parents. I didn't really get involved in anything or felt it was the church that I wanted to attend, so I tried other places around the area, but I never tied myself down to one. I met Peter and we started dating right away. One of the first questions I remember him asking me after meeting was, do you go to church? I remember so clearly to this day when I answered yes, there was a huge relief between the two of us. A pivotal moment for me after we were married was when we attended Calvary for the first time and knew it was the church for us. I have watched God work miracles not only in my life with the birth of our daughter Penny in our marriage, but in, this, in the amazing things that he is doing in this church. This series in Mark has been a convicting one for me starting from the very beginning. Pastor Jim posted question, posed a question, um, is baptism just a religious ceremony? If so, then why did Jesus get baptized? It was like a punch in the stomach. I never saw myself getting up here in front of all of you. But when I got home from church that afternoon, I told Peter I needed to get baptized out of obedience to God and in order to submit to his authority and for repentance of my sins. Even as I look back through my notes on the Mark series, I read about how it was written for Christians to see God in a different way and for us to help other people. I still have a lot of growing to do, but I am excited to continue to watch God lead me through the good times and the bad. I know there will be times of spiritual warfare, but I want to be on a discipleship journey for him. I don't know the first thing about how to be a good disciple, but I want everyone to know how much they are loved by their Father in heaven and that he is the only one that can fill the voids in their heart and heal them. 2 Timothy 1, 6-8 spoke volumes to me at a recent conference that I attended. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God give, gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our God. Well, Jana, do you reaffirm for all of us that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ alone? Absolutely. Amen. Well, because of that testimony of faith, my sister, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in his death, raised with him to new life.